Very, very powerful verse there. And it has some principles in it. But I'm going to read, like, like I always say, uh, 10 verses above, 10 verses under. And so I'll read from verse 1 of John chapter 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Verse 4, In him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And I will go down to verse nine. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right To become children of God. Verse 13, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Now, we'll stop there when I read 14 to connect it. It says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Now, verse 13 is very key. Well, I'll kind of go to our memory verse from 12. It says, but to all who did receive Him who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And we talked about that, I think, last week about the beauty of being a child. And even the Bible alludes to that if you don't have childlike faith. Right. Because uh, uh, all of us been at that point where we believed anything. We was we was hype. And and over time, our faith got suffocated. We we believe Santa did come down a chimney. We believe that the tooth fairy did put money under our pillow. We believed. And so that childlike faith, the enemy has created a system to suffocate that faith. See, I'm still a child. I still have childlike faith with God. It's funny when I talk to my wife, I'll be like, uh, it'll be something big. And I'm like, oh, I believe it can happen. I believe it. I remember when, um, uh, when she's like, okay, what kind of house we're going to get? Because we're in a, a process of getting a, 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 our house house, like our family house. We have a daughter now. So we want to get a house that she can grow up in so we can paint the wall. I think purple's her favorite color because she reaches for purple a lot. And, and, and so, so we want to get her a house that is ours that we can paint that room. And I told my wife, get, pick whatever house you want. And so she's on Zillow and she's scrolling and she, she picks different houses she sends to me. And you know what I tell her? Don't be surprised if you're in one of these. Childlike faith. I believe that my God will supply all of my needs. I really believe that if I ask him for anything with a sincere heart in his timing, that he will give it. And so the enemy knows that about time I get 13, 14, 15, about this age, uh, your dreams are crashed. Why do you think they created Santas and uh, fairy, uh, uh, what's the word? two fairies? Why do you think they created these these false things. Yes, sir. Good. That's one. That's one part to push you away from the real. What's the downside of that or the opposite side of that? Think it. Oh, oh go. You have one. I'll, I'll explain. So why do you think the devil or the devil system created Santa Clauses and uh, uh, tooth fairies? And, and how does that connect to God? Savion said for one reason is to draw us away from God. So Santa Claus, Satan's claws. You see what I'm saying? To, to pull people from 
the heavenly father, right? So why do you think on the flip side that the enemy will create these non-existent individuals and make them appeal real to children? Mm -hmm. Yeah, both of those are good. Yes, sir. An illusion. All those are good. Yes, ma'am. All those are great. Yes, sir. That's right. Take your attention. I'm looking for one thing. All those are perfect. Spot on. The flip side to it is this. <clears throat> because when you get older, how many of us still believe in Santa Claus? Nobody, right? Nobody still. Well, if you do. So nobody believes in Santa Claus no more, right? Who still believes in the tooth fairy? I know. So think about this. The devil knows that if I create and infuse in the imagination of children a, a person that appears to be real but is not real, what happens when you're older and all of a sudden someone says God's not real? So if Santa's not real, the tooth fairy not real, then this God that you believe in can't be real either. And so that's why they, they love to capture the imagination of children, because if I can destroy the imagination of children, then there will be no salvation for nations. Now, we talked about the four levels of, of finance or success or things that draw money. Do we go over those four things here? Like communication. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we'll do it again. And so basically, there's four levels. We said the first level was what? Oh, it's probably, okay, implementation. Implementation. The next one was what? Y'all probably won't remember these. these, these I understand. Unification. Y'all didn't go over these? Okay. Unification. And then communications next. Right? And then what's number one? Imagination. We talked about how um, implementation is people who can only work with their hands. Like you can't, you can only make but so much money working with your hands. Why? You out there, you're building. Yes. There's a limit to what you can, what your hands can do. You're limited to what your hands can do, and hands get tired, right? So now, once you're tired, you no longer can work with your hands. So they say minimum wage up to about $42,000 a year is the average uh, uh, pay for people who only work with their hands. Nothing wrong with that, but there's other levels of value. Unification represents what? And I, did I, I didn't go over this with y'all? Kind of, sort of. Gotcha. So unification are managers. People who manage uh, McDonald's, people who manage Starbucks, people who manage Fortune 500 companies, and their pay... It's between $42,000 a year up to $250,000 a year. I got this from a gentleman that I watched called Myron Golden, and he talked about these different levels, but I'm going to connect with the imagination. Now, communication represents what kind of people that make money through communicating? What are some of those people? Yes. Think of, um, think of uh, a little bit higher. Like lecturers. Lecturers, speakers. HR, all those are pretty good, yes. 
therapists, think think a little bit higher. Think in the arts. Today's arts day. Actors, rappers, they're communicating messages. People who communicate well can make anywhere from 250k to about a hundred million dollars. Right? Now, the highest level of value is imagination. Why is imagination the highest? place of value that you can draw the most money in the most impact yes no limits so think of some uh uh people who had vivid world-changing imaginations and they created big companies through imagination yes steve jobs what made steve jobs so revolutionary he believed in his product he believed in his product so much that now, I don't know how many of the percentage of people, but a lot more people probably have iPhones than Samsungs, at least in America, right? And so when you think about imagination, Steve Jobs sat somewhere and thought differently about the phone. That's why I tell people all the time, you're one imagination or idea recognition from changing your whole life forever. Like I was telling my econ class, you know, about school shootings and stuff like that. One kid in a class said, you know what? What if we made this bulletproof? What if we made the white boy bulletproof? You know what they did? They started making classrooms where the door would be right there and the white boy would come off and it would be over the door. How? That's genius. The kid in the class said, you know what? If a shooter comes in, the best thing we can do is have something that's bulletproof. He looked around and said, what's the biggest thing in the room? And he said, what if we made the whiteboard bulletproof? Now schools are literally implementing bulletproof whiteboards. Now that one kid's invention. And how many schools in America, how many schools around the world are going to purchase from one simple idea. Right now, you are in a room full of problems. People problems, product problems, so many problems. And if you just took time to imagine, how can you revolutionize the, the, uh, the projector, revolutionize this right here, like, like, or revolutionize the podium, or revolutionize anything, only if you took time to imagine. And that's why, well, let me ask you this. What's one key word in imagination? Image. Why are images so probably one of the most impactful things in all of the human existence or experience? Images. Yes, sir. Like they, stick with you. they stick with you. Right now, all of us have engrafted in our minds images of manhood, images of womanhood. Now, how can a bad image of a man affect a young girl? I'm talking about down to her children's children. How could a bad image of a man affect the young girl? And we'll get to the guys. Yes, sir. They'll assume that all men are like that. Is that factually true? That's not. So, uh, ladies, let's do it for the fellas. What's the negative effects of a bad image of a woman in the mind of a man? Young man or man. Yes. Uh Oh, yes, man. Testify, my sister. And what that would do to the psyche of a young man if that's the image that he has of a woman. They'll assume all women like that. And that's why the enemy, like Brianna was suggesting earlier, 
of how powerful imaginations are. The enemy says, in order for me to mess the nations, I got to get to the images of the people. Imagination. Like you can't you can impact the nation just by images, the images of leadership, the images of preachers. Why do you think? And I remember when Pastor Goose said this years ago and he was like, you will never catch me on the pulpit wearing jeans, a T-shirt and whatever. Why do you think he said that? Yes, sir. The way his image was. And what kind of image does a suit and tie give off on a, on a leader? Like business, like professional. professional. Professional business, would you say, swear? Professional. professional. Now, look at modern day preachers right now. What do they normally wear? Sweatpants. Sweatpants. <laughs> Some wear suits. Now, think about this. If you were the devil, I heard a preacher say the other day, he was like, the reason why I wear suits is because the pastor is more important than the president. And if the president always wears suits, why am I not wearing a suit? Now, I'm not sitting there saying all preachers who don't wear suits is bad. But what I'm saying is, look how the image has crept in. And now the pastor has been diluted to being my homeboy from just being someone that gives me a good word versus represent. Do you know what the priest had to wear? Like they, I'm not saying pe- priests have to wear diamond studded. You said what now? They had to wear linen robes. They had to wear jewels because they represented someone. That's why when you represent God, I'm not saying you got to wear suits all the time, but you carry yourself different. And that's why the devil's after images, because if I have the images of the children, I can end up having a nation. That's why this generation is what the devil is prizing right now. Why? Because y'all the future. If I can get into your heads and your imaginations, then I'll have the nation completely. And why do you think we're this far away from being a communist nation, from being a socialist nation? Because now what happens when hardworking parents, what they say about the phrase, uh, strong men create, uh, man, I forgot it was a good call. Strong men create easy times. Easy times create weak men. Weak men create something, something. So now when you look at our society now, convenience is crippling the culture. Now, I don't like we, we're so far removed from farming <laughs> that what happens when the whole restaurant grid or the, the, uh, the supply chain cripples and nobody knows how to farm? And you can't DoorDash no more. <laughs> you can't Uber Eats no more. What will happen? And so that's why it's important for us. And I kind of took a side journey, but then we'll stop in about 10 minutes and watch the episode. But we see that he's after the images because if I can have the images of the mind of the youth, I can end up having the nations around them. It says he gave them the right to become children of God who were born not of blood. Now, All of us were born by blood. We were born by our mom and dads. Being reborn means I was born by the spirit of God. I am a new creature. The old Josh is dead and gone. The new Josh has been reborn. Now, when a baby is born, can a baby walk? Can a baby crawl? I'm talking when they first born, they come out the womb. You believe, I ain't going to crush a child like faith. I ain't going to crush. You going to walk in Jesus' name. (coughs) 
Who never knows? Man, we never know. They might start walking. But what I'm saying is, is that when you're reborn as a child of God, now there's a process. It says, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Verse 14, let's break this down so we can get to our episode. And the word became flesh. I love that. Like, Jesus was the word. We've seen it in one. It says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was with God. All of us have a word. Jesus had a message. So his message took flesh. Him as a message. As a messenger. Right now, each and every one of you have a word. That God has placed inside of you. Whether it's... uh, So give give me a word that represents the issues that you want to solve in the world. What's a word or a phrase? Be like, hey, I'm called to impact people who struggle with this or I'm here to help people who struggle with that. What's a word or a phrase? It can be, I, I want to help young women uh, be, so yes, where? Confidence. confidence. So, Kimmy's word is confidence. And why is that word so major to you? Gotcha. And you want to give that word to people that you should be confident. What's another word? Yes, Robert. Not caring. Not caring. Kind of goes with confidence. And why is that phrase so dear to you? So confidence is your word, not caring is your word. Gotta get one other person. What's your word that you're gonna carry to the world? You said what next word? Or did someone say Can I get a gentleman? What's a word that you want to carry? Or what's your word that you're gonna give the people? Or phrase that you or it can be a lady, I don't want to put you on the spot. Anybody. Well, while everyone's thinking about that, think about this. In what ways, Kennedy, can you make this word become flesh? Um, through thinking about it. So through communicating? Putting it out there. Uh-huh. What about for you? Uh, mm-hmm. Now, everything in scripture to a degree gives principle. It says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Now, what I love about that, let's paint the picture for Christ's sake. And the word became flesh. So the message that Jesus was supposed to bring was what message? What's one word that canalizes his mission of coming here? Starts with an S. Salvation. Salvation Salvation was his message. The kingdom of God was his message. He didn't talk about how to start a business. He didn't talk about how to X, Y, or Z. He came strictly to wrap that word, to wrap who he is in flesh. You are a word. We all are words. Think about it. 
We're words. What's your name? She's a word. What's my name? Well, uh, I'm Joshua, right? So that's a word. We're literally walking words. <laughs> well, it's getting deep, right? So when you think about, that's why I, when I found out what my name meant, and maybe that's what we need to find out, what your names mean. That should be an assignment, a fun assignment. What's your name mean? It comes from the pillar of Mary in the Bible, and it's like a Spanish origins, and it means strength as well. Strength, right? So I want everyone to do that. To find what your, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Find out what your name means because your name is a word. And sometimes it's interesting. Uh, when I look at my name, Joshua means one who saves. Ejike means uh, to gain without sweat. And Ezzy means king. I used to laugh in middle school. I, I remember in elementary school, I was, I was insecure because we was poor. Me and my mom didn't have much money, right? And so when I was going to school, I had high water pants. Who know what high water pants are? You know what I'm saying? Like, there ain't no floods coming, but my pants act like it was a flood coming, right? So I had high water pants on. I had uh, hand-me-down clothes, my uncle's clothes, and, and, and I wasn't like whatever. But, but my dad told me something. He said, son... Do you know what your last name means? I said, no, sir, I don't know. <laughs> your name, last name means king. And every time I used to get picked on, I used to laugh on the inside from that message, from that story. Because when people used to call, pick on me, they used to always use Ezzy, but never Josh. And one time I got so mad, I said, but you're calling me king, though. <laughs> so when I had that mentality, I was like, it's crazy. Ever since I was little, I wanted nice cars, like, like, like I walked confidently after I figured out what my name meant. When I really began to embody that, I began to act like, walk like, talk like a king. Ejike means to gain without sweat. Like stuff, I have so much favor in my life, I just get stuff. And I don't know how, I get, like I remember uh, what I get the other day. I went to my mom's house and a week ago I was like, man, I wish I had a printer at the house. My printer's broke. I said, man, I want a printer. Guess what I got yesterday? My mom was like, baby, I got this printer. Do you want it? <laughs> Brand new in the box, taped up everything. I said, see, God, I get stuff without sweat. And Joshua is one who saves. So that word, which is my name, when it becomes flesh, it can dwell amongst people. And so Jesus' word of salvation, Jesus' word of the kingdom of God is at hand. He wrapped that word in the flesh. And he dwelt amongst the people. And the Bible begins to continue to read. It says, uh, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as the only son from God, full of grace. Now, when people see you, will there be, will there be glory? Right now, you're dwelling amongst each other. What kind of impact are you having? See, when God is glorified through your life, you become brighter. You become lighter. You become a fire. Like you, there's a confidence about you. And so when you think about this principle, you got to start taking your word seriously. Jesus took his word of salvation and the kingdom of God so serious that he left streets of gold. He took it so serious that he knew what he was signing up for. And he said, you know what? I'm going to dwell among my people, even if they don't accept me. Because I behold glory. It said he dwelt among us and we have seen his glory. Glory as the only son of God, full of grace. Now, 
What I love about that text, and I want you guys to be mindful of it, is Jesus in bodily form is not dwelling amongst us. He, he's not dwelt amongst us. We don't. We can't dap up Jesus. What up, Jesus? How you doing? You good? We, we, Jesus ain't here physically. He went from he dwelt with us to now what? Dwelling in us. He told his boys, "Yo, I gotta go." I can imagine Jesus. They was at the you know they love fish back in the day. And, you know, Jesus was frying that fish. You know what I'm saying? That fish got the grease hot. You know what I'm saying? Had the fish cooking, fish popping. Watch out, watch out. It's hot. Right? Fish cooking. And so while the fish was being passed out, you know, I don't know if they had home fries or French fries. I don't know what type of size they had. Either way, it was a fish fry. Okay? And maybe that's why churches do fish fry. I'm going to get off there. But anyway, so, so they was having dinner, and then Jesus says, it's almost time. Time for me to go. Decides like, yo, fam, where you going? You going to the street? You going to the corner store? We'll be getting some. We didn't get no drinks. You're right. So you're going to go get some uh, whatever. He said, no, it's time for me to go. He says, it's expedient for me to go. Because if I don't go, I can't send the who? The comforter. The Holy Spirit. Same thing, right? Jesus in bodily form was limited by location. Jesus' spirit can be in anyone. And so now, when you find your word, which is for, for Kennedy's confidence and, and for Pilar not caring, when you wrap that word in flesh and you wrap it in a book or you wrap it in a dance or you wrap it in a song or you wrap it in a business and you give that word flesh or if you give Layla that word of flesh and you give uh, whoever else your name and you give that name confident flesh, then when you dwell among people, people will say, man, that person is different. <laughs> that person carries themselves different. And then because Jesus' spirit dwells in you and there's no hell in you, now you can reach people. Then you'll be like, man, everywhere I go, I have favor. Everywhere I go, like, like, like when I took that word unplugged, when I first started my first ministry and, and when I when I started my wristbands called eternity and, and, and it was funny how I took words and I gave them flesh. God gave me the uh, name of my first uh, clothing brand was called eternity. And my phrase was, where will you be? Right. And I, I didn't just let that word stay in my flesh. I gave that word. OK, let me create a wristband for it. Let me create a T-shirt. Let me create hoodies. And then next thing you know, people are wearing them. People are impacted by them. Then Pastor Gu allowed them to be in the bookstore. And, and, and then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit gave me a book name said Unplug. And I gave that flesh. I gave it pages. I gave it words. And I went to Amazon, self-published it. Do you know two publishing companies rejected me? Do you know so many people will limit their ideas from having flesh because of somebody else's rejection? You know what I did? Oh, you ain't going to publish it? I'm a self-publish. You know, I got to print another printer and put some holes in and give it a, a, a what's the little book thing? The, the, the three prong and it opens up. A, 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 what's that thing called? Binder. Binder. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Either way, we're going to hustle this book out, right? But what I'm saying is, how can you give that word in you flesh and infuse it with the glory of God and allow it to dwell within the marketplace? And then people will be drawn to it. And that's what Jesus did. Sitting on streets of gold. Didn't have to come down here and say, you know what? I'm going to wrap my message in flesh. I'm going to wrap my word, who I am, 
in flesh. I'm going to dwell amongst the people. And when I dwell amongst them, they'll say this. We have seen his glory. That's why Pastor always said, what? To God be the what? So when you're on a stage or you're wherever you are, whether it's in entrepreneurship, whether it's on 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 a stage or whether it's behind the scenes, what will people say about your word? Will they say what John said? And we have seen her glory. We have seen his glory. But when people say, hey, I see Kenny's glory, what should you say? To God be the what? So when someone sees you, Ariana, what are you going to say? That's why it's important to say, you know what? I'm going to find my word. I'm going to find the meaning of my name. I'm going to embody it in my flesh. Or I'm going to give it flesh. I'm going to give it a book. I'm gonna, uh, whatever it is, I'm going to I had a young man come to my office yesterday. And, and he was kind of going through a tough spot. And, and, and last year, that young man was on fire for God. That young man was, was telling people, we don't say the N-word no more. I mean, this guy was, he, was, he used to cuss and say the N-word. He said, we don't do that no more. That man was changed. And then all of a sudden, life kind of got kind of, you know, life happens. We've been there. You on fire for God and the devil said, and you know, and it blew it out. He comes to my office and he was like, man... Uh, Mr. Ezzy, man, I, I just, man, I, I used to be, you remember me last year? I said, yeah, I remember you last year. And he was like, man, I feel like I've lost my way. I'm starting to think about this young lady some more. I begin to, I begin to just be on my phone too much. And I said, man, what happened to your purpose? What happened to your idea? In less than five minutes, the Holy Spirit gave this man a whole new brand, gave him a whole idea because I said, man, you got to get back to giving your ideas flesh. I didn't say that because this lesson was today, but I alluded to it. Like, yo, man, listen, I said, if you're going to be on this phone all day, make money. <laughs> if you're going to be on this phone all day, scroll the people's lives, who the lives that you want to live. And that is, yo, man, we came up with an amazing brand idea. I'm going to get this man a hoodie because I know with kids, the reason why I do this all the time, when kids come to me with ideas, I give them flesh immediately. Young girl came to me last year and she was like, I have a brand. I had to get her a hoodie right away. Young girl came to my office yesterday and she wants to create her own whatever, her own book. I order her one of my books immediately. I have to give them flesh. I have to give them something for them to see, to hold, to be like, oh man. And every time I give a kid a hoodie and they be like, this is my hoodie. We create this together. They get teary eyed because they're like, man, my idea is flesh now. That's why I always print my books out before I sell them. So it can be a, like, feel this, Josh. Let me tell you something. The greatest feelings in life is after you finish something. The devil doesn't want you to reach the finish line. Because the race doesn't start at the starting line. The race starts at the finish line. What does that mean? The real race starts after you cross the finish line, not when you start at the starting line. What does that mean? Yes, You starting there we go. Yep. Guess sir, add to it. You're still more ahead of you. Still more ahead of you, yes. When you look at the Olympics, all those are perfect examples. When you at the Olympics and a person you never heard of wins the big race. Isn't that young girl that just won the US Open? Shakari. Shakari. Shakari that was the track. But there was a young lady who well, she was a black young lady and she won the US Open a tennis match. Her life. 
her life just started. She thought, yeah, I'm just playing a game. And she wanted to win. But when you win, that's when it begins. Now you got endorsements. Now you got all. Now, guys, her ex, 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 text her after that game. Good girl. Good job, girl. I always believed in you. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, when you finish, that's when it begins. That's why the devil doesn't want you to finish that book. Because if I didn't finish that first book, I wouldn't have been here. If I didn't finish that first book, I wouldn't have went to Nigeria. I wouldn't have went to New York. I wouldn't have went to Chicago. I wouldn't have went to Michigan. I wouldn't have went to L.A. I wouldn't have went to Florida. I was in Florida three times in one month. People don't know that about my story. God is the only reason why I'm here. And I want to be here. I'm talking about initially. Because, man, I was traveling, fam. Like, I was gone. Like, like I was everywhere. And God said, man, I'm going to park you for a minute. I'm glad he did because I just got married. Now we have a baby girl. I didn't want to be a traveling man. So I see why God has me parked here. Not just for that, but for you all. But, man, if I didn't write that first book, if I didn't do that first YouTube video, I will not. I would have not been. Boy, I jacked it up, Miss. Uh, y'all know what I'm trying to say. I wouldn't have been where I'm at right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> I wouldn't have been here. So what is that thing that you have yet to put flesh on, that you have yet to create, modeling after what Jesus did, that will hinder you from being successful? So I remember verse for tomorrow is this, and we're done. We didn't get to our video, but I think this message was what it was. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as the of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Now, when people see you and experience you and you say to God, be the glory, you got to make sure that you are gracious and truthful. Everyone say your truth. Everybody, no, I'm not saying y'all say, but everyone says, well, that's your truth. That's my this is my truth. No, it's the truth. I got to live the truth, the truth of what God says about manhood, the truth of what God says about womanhood, the truth about what God says about being a child. When I live that truth and I receive his grace, man, people will be coming looking for you for miles. Do you know I get phone? People look for me because of who I am and who I represent. And when you embody that glory of God and you desire to give God glory, see, there's a big difference. You have to create glory and you have to have a heart that's willing to give glory. Glory means you're so good at what you do. Like, even LeBron James, after his first game, still dapped up Shador Sanders, still went over there to Travis Hunter. Why did LeBron go over there? No, they weren't playing. Why did LeBron go dap up Shador Sanders and go dap up uh, Travis Hunter? Yes. Ah, I'm thinking about something else. If they were nobody, <laughs> would LeBron James go over there and dap them up and hug them like that? It's because of the glory they created. They created their own glory. Like, mastery is important. You got to be worth something for people to bring worth to you. Now, I ain't talking about intrinsic worth. I'm talking about money worth. And so when you have glory and people look at you like, man, that man on fire. That man spitting, right? That man preaching. That young lady is dancing. That lady, that girl can sing. You got you to gotta give the world glory. And that's why God wants you to have glory so that when you show your glory, people look at you like, why are you good at what you do? Only because of God. That's what we got to embody. And so if you have a heart, if you have the habits to cultivate glory and you have the heart to give God glory, oh man, the world will be waiting to read your story. Any thoughts, comments, questions? This right here was an example 
of mastery. I took one verse, never, most of these points I never said a day in my life. When you engage the Holy Spirit like that and you're a master of your craft, you will create a masterpiece. I can't wait to listen to this because this was good. Because it's the Holy Spirit. And I want you guys to be able to say, oh, Mr. y'all probably thought, Mr. S wrote that thing. He probably worked on it all night. Nope. I looked at the verse. I said, okay. Holy Spirit says, you know, I want you to break this verse down. And now we don't create it. I just created a book for myself. I done created a, a YouTube man. This right here is so good that I can't wait to put it in the hood. But what I'm trying to get you to understand is that, man, when you master your craft and you stay submitted to the master, people will come looking for you. That's all I got. And so uh, bell's about to ring. So thank you all for your time. And so our verses due tomorrow. Be, be ready to say your verse. And be ready to share what that verse means to you and what you got from. You can even use something I said today or this week, but that's what you don't have to worry about it because you just got here. And um, Leah, I think we'll, we'll, we'll give her at least a couple more weeks, get a couple more weeks, get adjusted. But any questions? Everybody's good. All right, cool.